Thank you for watching the video from One Church of High Point. We hope that today's message encourages you to connect to God, to others, and to your purpose. If you're looking for more information about One Church or for more resources, visit onechurchnc.net. The Lord is holy. Too often we walk through life being so consumed by what's going on in our life and what we want and what we're pursuing. We have become too familiar with who we think God is that we've totally missed who he really is. He is the God of the universe. He is the creator of all things, of all things. He is holy. He is not somebody you just come visit on Sunday. He is holy. He deserves the reverence of a holy God. Your entire life is to be used in worship of his holiness and his majesty. Your whole life. That's what Romans 12:1 says. You're to be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable, meaning that's, that's the minimum. That's the baseline. That is the baseline. So I want you in this moment to examine your heart, examine your life. Do you behave as though you serve a holy God? When you wake up in the morning, do you ask, Lord, how can I serve you today? Who do you want me to speak to today? What do you want me to turn away from today? Who am I supposed to pray for today? Lord, what do I need to repent of today? Where did I miss it? You're holy. Jesus paid a giant price for us. The least we can do is honor that act of obedience with our own. God may not ask you to lay your life down and die for somebody else in the flesh, but he does ask you to die to your flesh daily. deliver what you would have delivered today. God, this assignment I do not take lightly. I ask, Father, that you prepare the hearts of people to hear the word, but not just hear it, God, but do it.
forgive us right now in this moment for being so focused on ourselves and what we need and what we want and what our desires are and how we can get to where we're going, Lord, that we've completely bypassed the purpose for which you created us. So show us today where we've missed it. Teach us how to get back on track and fulfill your purpose in our life, not the purpose that we, we desire for our life. So Lord, use me today. I thank you for being here. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for meeting people where they are. Lord, thank you for releasing them from the things they've been captive by, God. I thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I uh, thank you, worship team. That was awesome. That was awesome. They didn't know I was uh, preaching today, so all those songs actually <laughs> sort of align with the message, even though nobody knew I was going to be up here. So the Lord knew. <laughs> um, what I wanted to do, you guys know, or some of you may know, that I, we just got back from going to Alabama, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that experience because that's actually what led to some of this message. So about a month ago, uh, the beginning of June, um, I knew I was going to be preaching during uh, Ryan's sabbatical, and the Lord had given me a download of something like within moments. I woke up one morning and had the whole outline, and so I sent it to Ryan. So two days before we go to, to Alabama, I get a message, and he says, well, would you mind holding off on that? <laughs> uh, I think the Lord's going to give you a message while you're in Alabama. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so all week I have been looking for the message, looking for what he's trying to say. And um, it has been a remarkable week, I will say. Um, for those of you who don't know, we, uh, it was a team of, was it nine? Nine of us that went down to McIntosh, Alabama which is a place where Hunter has spent several years uh, sewing into prior to coming to one church. Emma spent some time down there as well. Um, and I, I won't tell the whole testimony about that, but the seed that he sowed way back then, there was a harvest this week. And uh, it, is, it was just phenomenal. Yeah, so it was, it was amazing to watch. And I will say that... Um, when we went down in January, I think there were a little bit of, uh, there were some whispers. Some people didn't understand, well, why are you going to go to Alabama? Why are you going to go down there to that community when we have the same issues down the street? And my rebuttal to that is, it's because God said so. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, you know, I think we can get really caught up in what we think the right thing to do is, and we just go and start doing stuff. But if God didn't ask you specifically to do that, you are out of order. So our assignment was to go to Alabama. Someone else in this room, your assignment is to the people down the street. So you have to know where the Lord is sending you, what he's asking you to do, 
And the only way you can do that is if you ask him and you listen and you wait and you follow how he leads you. I always talk about how the Lord gives you breadcrumbs, you know, he'll kind of sprinkle it here and there. You just follow one piece at a time and then the whole picture will become very, very clear. Um, So there was a lot of uh, challenges in coming into this week and uh, the Lord covered all of it. And so I want to take a couple of minutes because I think it was um, uh, really, it's important for you all to hear some of the things that the Lord did. Um, and so who, I, whoever feels like they have something the Lord wanted them to share, I would love for you to come up and just kind of tell a little bit about um, something that happened this week that you saw. If you could come up real quick. has a mic. Yeah, come on, come all the way up on the stage. I was thinking because I was handed a mic down there, I wouldn't have to come up here. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. There was so much that happened. I'm trying to think of what piece to share. Um, I think it was cool to see some of the people on our staff were campers 10 years ago. Um, And the challenges that they walk through in their lives and still walk through um, is probably more than most of us could imagine. Um, And so it was really cool to see how how God is faithful to finish what he starts, um, even if it takes 10, 15 years. Um, he does, and God acts on faith. Um, you have to be faithful in what little he's asking you to do before he's going to do his part. And uh, we definitely saw a lot of that this week for sure. In an undeniable way, um, there's way too much to to dive into all that. But um, yeah, he he really just he really showed off this week, um, and I'm excited to see where it's going to go. But yeah, just a little tidbit. Thank you. You don't need this. I, I don't. Does anybody? Does anybody else want to come up? Um, I will share one thing was pretty interesting. There was a a lot of warfare on the way to get there. Um, Literally anything that could have tried to stop us did try to stop us. (laughs) Um, Coming to the rental car, we had a rental car issue. We were going to be towing the C4 trailer that we have, and um, Hunter gets to the rental car place, and they're like, well, you can't tow. The vehicles they had for us didn't have a tow hitch. And then they found one that did have a tow hitch, but then told us we couldn't tow, even though he asked weeks ago, could we tow, because this was the purpose. Um, we were planning to go down there to do some construction work on a property um, that Hunter and Emma spent a lot of time at. And because we were helping the neighbor across the street, the original place that we were going to work um, decided that they no longer needed our services. So we were like, okay. All right. Um, it, we, there, those, the, uh, 
weather report for the week was torrential downpour at the exact same time that every day, every single day during the hours of the camp, which was outside with no shelter. Um, the temperature the week before we got there, I think was what, 116 or something like that. Um, so lots of inconveniences, lots of things that are like, what do we do? And even the first day of camp, which was Monday, we get there and it is pouring sheets of water. <laughs> um, and in that part of the country, they get a lot of lightning. So anytime there's any thunder, you better be looking for cover. Um, so we were battling that and so trying to decide, do we still have camp? What do we do? And there was a lot of, you know, kind of chaos, but we, we got together and, and prayed and the Lord moved the rain. Um, so camp was supposed to start at mon uh, Monday at 9. Uh, we pushed it back to 10. By like 9.55, the rain was starting to dissipate, and within 30 minutes, it looked like it had never rained. And it was clear the rest of the day. But every day, there was a threat of rain coming, so we had to get together and pray. We were praying, had the kids praying the rain away. <laughs> um, and so just even that, that's a, that's a really big thing, because that could have totally washed out everything we were planning. Um, but the Lord showed up, um, which was really miraculous. Um, we did learn uh, by one of the, the partners that came. It was really interesting. We didn't have very many volunteers. I think there was two or three ladies from the community that really um, were amazing helping with, with lunch. So that gave Emma a break. Um, but we didn't have any other volunteers. We had a small group of kids. I think at the most we had maybe 25, 30 on one day. Um, and we just... The Lord just gave us the grace to make it work. We didn't lose anybody's kid, praise the Lord. <laughs> um, that's, you know, there, was, there were no accidents. There was nothing. There was one little girl the first day. Um, she was so grateful for lunch that was provided. And it was like turkey and cheese sandwiches and chips. And she's like, this is the best lunch ever. Thank you. She was just so appreciative. So we came into a community that's dealing with a lot of, challenges and um but there was one song um i i be will you put that picture up of uh starla and chance so this is the the two people that were campers way back in the day this is starla um and starla's four-year-old son was at camp this year and that's chance i think that was the day was he david in that picture <laughs> So every day we had a lesson. We had David and Moses and Noah, um, and then uh, Jesus was the major superhero, which was Thursday. So we tried to relate um, a biblical superhero to teaching the kids how to be superheroes in their, in their own life. And during the times of prayer, um, during all of our lessons, we, we learned some about the community. Uh, one little girl said that they didn't have money for food. Um, during the prayer time. Um, there was another situation where a young girl shared with Josh that, um, you know, her parents were on drugs and, you know, so she's got to take care of the, the littles that she's got. And there are just all these things that we walked into and to be able to, to be able to love these kids. In that one of the little girls who had a really tough exterior, the second day she brought me a, a friendship bracelet so I have it on my ankle and from, on my wrist. I think Lindsay got one from her little sister. and um, So just little things like that. There was some significant breakthrough. There were a couple kids that were um, 
a little challenging, um, so we had to take them to the side. But it's, it's stuff that they're dealing with. These kids, just like in, in any community, are dealing with stuff that, um, that is heavy, like real, real heavy stuff. So it was such a blessing to be there. And then the culmination of all of it, on, on Thursday, um, four children gave their life to Christ. So, you know, four kids out of maybe 30, I mean, that, those are pretty high, that's a pretty high percentage of students who experience the love of God. And so if, we did, if it was for nothing else but just that, and what the Lord can do even with a little child opening their life to Jesus, what that will do in their family, what that will do in their community. And those four children could be the next Starla and Chance. <laughs> um, and one of the days I was there, uh, Hunter had some different uh, playlists playing, and one of the songs that came on was um, Ty Tribbett, um, If He Did It Before. Now, that song, for those of you who haven't heard it, is kind of a, kind of a bebop, uh, higher tempo kind of song. Um, not one that necessarily would, would bring you to an emotional response. It's kind of a party song. But as I was thinking about these two and I was looking at all the kids just playing around, I just got overwhelmed with emotion because he did it for them. He will do it for those kids. And we were a part of that because we said yes to the Lord. We could have said, no, there were 500 reasons why we shouldn't go <laughs> or why, why it was just, it's too much trouble to get there. Um, but the Lord had other plans and we were submitted to those plans. So um, the topic that I want to talk about to you today is it's time. And, and the reason that that comes to mind, there were a couple times over the course of the week, like I kept hearing alarm clocks going off. I was like, what? Will somebody turn their alarm clock off? Uh, and like, uh, Lindsay and I shared a room, and hers kept going off. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's fine. Um, and, but then later in the day, we were kind of hanging out in the fellowship hall area where we were staying. And I heard another alarm go off like six or seven other times. I'm like, whose phone is that? Um, and then that evening, we had a little powwow as a group uh, in, in the room that Lindsay and I were staying in. And for the first time, we stayed in the same place for about seven days. And for the first time, I happened to see a clock. Never noticed the clock in the room the whole week that we were there. The next morning, I wake up, and all of a sudden, I hear the clock ticking, tick, tock, tick. Now, I didn't even know the clock was in the room, let alone heard it, and it was so loud. It was so loud, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Like, I've heard alarm clocks. I've seen, this cl uh, seen the clock and now have heard the clock, even though I've been in the room with it every night this week. What are you saying? So, I will get to that in a minute. Um, I want to talk a little bit about obedience today. And these songs this morning, um, the worship that went, went forth, um, there was some breakthrough for people in the room. Our obedience is necessary, and there's such a legacy of that. And we see that in what has happened even with Starla and Chance. They were little kids, and now they're the leaders. And the next crop of kids is going to come up, and they're going to they're learn. They're going to accept the Lord. They're going to change their community. They're going to come back and serve, or the Lord's going to send them out to another community. But the only reason that any of that took place is because of individuals who said yes to the Lord. Um, one of the Bible lessons this week was about Noah. And one of the things I had to do on the lessons for, uh, for the kids one day 
And what really struck me about Noah, and everybody knows the story of Noah, it rained 40 days and 40 nights, and, you know, everybody, everybody survived. But if you really think about that story, none of us in this room would be here if Noah had not been obedient. Not a single person, not a, not a, not a, a tree. I mean, a, a trees may have been there, but the animals. The Lord was taking out everything that had breath. Every animal, every bird, every person would not be here today if Noah hadn't said yes. And think about it. Noah had to build something he'd never seen before. It had never rained before, but prior to that time, there was a mist that would come up from the ground that would water the, the vegetation. So there was no rain. So when God says, rain has come and build this boat, what do you think Noah's response was? What, what would have gone through your mind if the Lord says, I want you to do this thing because something is coming? What would you have done? Would you have questioned him to death? Like, I don't understand. Well, what do you mean something's coming? Well, I've never seen that before, so maybe I, maybe I misheard that, or um, I don't even know what a boat is. I don't know what an ark is. Never seen one before. How am I supposed to build that? But he said yes to the Lord. He got the plans from the Lord because he walked with God. Um, there's actually, in, um, in Genesis 6 through 9 is the story of Noah, um, and it said that Noah found favor with the Lord. He was righteous, was without blemish, and he walked with God. Enoch walked with God as well. So there's something to being able to walk with God that gives you access to information and insight and wisdom so that you can do what God is asking you to do. And Noah did according to all the Lord commanded him. That was multiple times in that section of Scripture that he followed the direction. So not only did he hear what God said, he said yes, and then he did what he said. And his whole family was saved, and we are now here because of that. Same thing with, Noah, with, uh, with Moses. Moses, you know, was going about his life on the backside of the desert, and the Lord showed up in a burning bush and said, I need you to do this. He had some excuses. Well, I can't do well, I can't talk, and... Who am I? And all of these things. But eventually, he said yes. And because he said yes, he got the blueprint from the Lord. He got the, the staff and, you know, he got kind of the tricks that the Lord wanted to use. And he was able to help those people get delivered from bondage to freedom. If Moses had said no or not today or I'll get to that in a couple years, what would have happened? Jesus is also an example of strict obedience. In the Garden of Gethsemane, which is in, um, that is in Matthew 26, 36 through 46, Jesus is like, Lord, <laughs> if this cup can pass through me, please, but not my will, but thy will be done. So it's okay to not want to do what God's asking you to do, because a lot of times it sucks. Um, it's very inconvenient. It's really inconvenient. It is. 
you know, um, it's, it's outside of what you really want to do. It's normally outside of what's comfortable. It normally takes you extra effort to do this. Normally, you know, you've got a lot of opposition against you. Normally, um, you have people that are talking about you, you know, well, you're stupid. Or like, I, <laughs> when I decided to, uh, the Lord had me um, move into foster care. And, uh, well, I couldn't do that. I just my heart's my heart's too my heart's too soft for that. I can't do even a good thing. It doesn't even have anything to do with you. <laughs> but it's wrong for me to do it. Well, how can you take somebody else's kid? All this stuff. And it's very inconvenient to change your life for somebody else. To be willing to lay aside what you want or what's comfortable or putting your resources into another area that you would really rather do this with. But there's purpose in it. Somebody, somebody is attached to your yes. There's a person or persons or generations attached to your yes. If you don't do it, Someone else is lacking. Someone else is hurting. Someone else is pleading for an answer, and you're telling him no. Not right now. I'll do that later. Well, you know, when I get my house and when I get my two cars and I get my, you know, I get my couple of kids, then I'll do the work for the Lord. What if someone said not yet and you were on the other side of it. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14 is a uh, passage of scripture that lots of people like to quote all the time. It's all the good stuff uh, that happens when you obey the Lord. Um, and I don't say obey the Lord because you're going to get all this stuff. But there, there, there is benefit to obeying the Lord. Now it came to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all of his commandments, which I commanded you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. All of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of the body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of the cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and all which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people. There's that holy word again. Holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open you up, open up to you, excuse me, open to you his good treasure 
the heavens, to give you rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after gods and serve them. That's a lot of good stuff. And we had an example of that. Our budget was a little bit tight. Um, do you know that there was a church on Sunday that, that did a love offering that gave us money to be able to pay for food that had already been purchased, by the way? The very next day, the first day of camp, somebody else from that same church came and brought another check. Somebody went to go buy food and was just sharing all about uh, the camp and what we were doing. So she was about to pay for the hot dogs and the buns for the next day. And the woman behind her said, no, 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 I'll take care of that. And she paid for it. When you do what God is asking you to do, he already has the provision. He already has the people. He already has the circumstances already lined up. One of the really cool things about this week is that as we were... Um, hanging out in the park. There were a few people that came by, people from different churches. Um, and we didn't get a lot of support from a lot of the churches that we thought we would have gotten. But there were a few. And like, oh, if you do this next year, then we can provide this. And then there was a woman who was uh, in the library with all the little kids. Um, and she has a, um, she's got a, a ministry that she runs. She has a community garden. She does a lot of things with the kids. She's wanting to kind of come alongside when we do it again next year. So the Lord already has those dots that he's connecting. But if you never step, step on the first dot, you can't see the picture. You can't see it. It's like, and, and that connected dot, let me take that a little further. So you guys remember when you were a kid and you had the connected dot pictures and it just looks like a splatter? And you have to go one, two, you had to figure out, you got to go in order. But once you are done you can actually see the picture that was there the whole time. It was there the whole time. But you have to do your part. You have to connect the dots. You have to step out and say yes. Okay, I'm going to say yes today. I'm going to say yes tomorrow. I'm going to say yes the next day. I'm going to say yes the next day. I'm going to say yes six months from now. I'm going to say yes five years from now. And you will see this canvas that the Lord has painted with your life. But it, caused, it's, it you have to act. Also in Psalm 128, 1 through 4, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be a, like a fruitful vine in, in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall be the man. Blessed, behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And that fear is reverence. It's knowing that God is holy. And all of your choices should line up with what he wants, not with what you want. What you want doesn't matter. We live in a society that talks about, oh, I'm living my best life. And, uh, you know, do you, boo? And, and it's all about self and what's best for me. Let me also tell you that in the satanic church, one of their, one of their um, mottos is, do what thou wilt. What does that sound like? Do you. 
Go live your best life. That's exactly what that is. John 5.30. This is Jesus talking. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. If Jesus is supposed to be the example of how we should live, that needs to be our mantra. I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. We are all sent ones. Every person in this room and every person that will listen to this later, we are sent of God to do something. And everybody's something is different, but it cannot be about what you want. It's all about the will of the Father. John 14, 23 through 24, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. So if you say you love the Lord, are you following his word? If you don't follow his word, that means you don't love him. That's out of Jesus' mouth. If you don't follow what he's telling you, you do not love him. You don't. You love yourself. You love your convenience. You love your preference. There are really strong consequences for disobedience. Adam and Eve is our very first example of that. Not only were they, in Genesis 3, you can, you can read this for yourself, they lost their ability to be in the garden, and they were cursed. And they not only got cursed, we all got cursed because of them. So just like there's generational blessing for us doing the right thing, there's generational cursing for disobedience. Saul was told by Samuel to kill all the Amalekites in 1 Samuel 15. He was given a very specific message. Kill all the people, kill all the animals, period. It was very clear. Um, let me actually pull that up real quick. Okay. I'm going to start with verse 1. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Uh, thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish uh, Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them. Kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. I think that's pretty clear. Is there any confusion in that directive? Okay. So if you go down to uh, verse 8, 
This is talking about Saul. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling, unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. So in their natural human thinking, instead of listening to what God is saying, they've negotiated with themselves. Okay, God can't possibly mean to get rid of all the good stuff. We're going to use it to sacrifice to the Lord. That's what we'll do. So when you get down to verse 22, so Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed and to heed then the fat of rams, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. So there's a couple things to notice there. One, God wants your obedience before he's looking for a sacrifice. And when you do not obey, it is just like practicing witchcraft. It's witchcraft to be disobedient. Would anybody in this room want to be called a witch or a warlock? No. I don't sit in my house with a cauldron and make spells. Yes, you are. Every time you tell God no, every time you're disobedient, you are practicing witchcraft and idolatry because you are worshiping yourself over God. What I want is more than what God wants. I am above God. It's witchcraft. Lot's wife, she also, they were also given a very specific instruction in Genesis 19, 15 through 26. God was done with Sodom and Gomorrah. He was done with them. So he sends angels to wipe them out, and they plead, and the angels say, go, don't look back and get as far away as you can. What does she do? She was like, oh, poof. Then she became a pillar of salt. <laughs> I believe that pillar of salt is probably still there. As a reminder, when you are given an instruction, there are consequences for not following it. Now, some, some of those consequences might not be as dire as turning into a pillar of salt. Or like Ananias and Sapphira who lied, who did not give what they were supposed to give and then lied about it. They both drop dead instantly. Sometimes it's not a physical dropping dead, but the Lord will take his presence from you, which is death. How can you live without the Lord? Deuteronomy, that same chapter we read earlier about all the, all the blessings, if you read from 15 to 68... Those are all of the curses that come from disobedience. I can't do math that fast, but <laughs> that's at least 40-something more than the blessing. And I encourage you to read it. Meditate on that. 
because those are the things that you're bringing into your life when you tell the Lord no. Luke 6, 46 through 49. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock, and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house, but could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and independently it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Disobedience. So, Building on the rock and building on sand, right, which is that scripture, the same storm comes. The same waves come, the same wind comes, but the one who was operating in obedience can withstand. So it doesn't mean that you're not going to have hard things that come. You will, I can promise you that. It's going to come from every side. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have seen the, uh, the meme that's out there, choose your hard. Uh, it's like, you know, marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose your hard. Losing weight is hard. Dealing with sickness is hard, choose your hard. Obedience is hard, but disobedience is hard. The consequences are not the same. You get to choose. James, oh, let me go back. Um, John 5, 40, let me skip that one. James 1, 22 to 25. Let me go back to that. <clears throat> you have it up? Okay. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this, will, this one will be blessed in what he does. Are you a hearer or are you a doer? I think we can get caught up in, there were a couple weeks ago, I think uh, Ryan had an altar off of people who didn't necessarily know what the Lord was calling them to do. I think we can get really caught up in what the big picture is and this whole huge thing that we're supposed to do with our entire life that we miss just the very next step. And you never get started because you're so overwhelmed by this really big thing that's very abstract and you don't know what to do that you miss just the very next step. It's the first dot on your connect the dots. You'll get to the big picture later. Just take the next right step and the next right step and the next direction and pretty soon you'll be, you'll be to that big thing that the Lord is calling you to. You have to know your assignment. Um, personally, I, I just accepted a, a new position. Uh, I'll start in a couple of weeks. But when I started working at the last company I was at, I asked the Lord before I went there, 
because um, he told me it was time to transition from the, the company before, and I said, okay, where do you want me to go? And I got a phone call and um, talked to the people, and I asked the Lord through every interview, okay, do I need to take the next step? Do I need to take the next step? Um, and I told my, I said, Lord, why are you sending me there? And he said, you're on assignment, and this is what you're going to do. Da, 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 da. And so when I got there, I told my manager, I said, look, I'm a believer. I was like, that's why I'm here. The Lord sent me here. I'm on assignment. This is what he told me to do. And when my assignment is over, I'm out. I'm serious. I'm not making that up. I really said that. <laughs> and so a couple months ago, maybe like two or three months ago, I got uh, somebody messaged me um, on LinkedIn about an opportunity. And... Um, I said, okay, Lord, is my assignment up? Because if my assignment is up, there's no reason for me to even entertain that conversation. He's like, no. See what they're talking about. Okay. So I go through the process, get my resume done, and, uh, and then that door shut. I was like, okay, I guess that was just for me to get my resume done. So there's something coming. I just need to know what, what it is. So fast forward a couple weeks, I get another message. Okay, Lord, am I supposed to answer that? He said, yes. Get on the phone, have a 45-minute conversation, and I felt, I, I got off the phone, I was like, Lord, he's like, this is the next assignment. I was like, okay. So I knew they were going to make me an offer. I knew I was going to accept it because the Lord already told me. He already told me. And so two weeks ago, I told my boss, I was like, hey, I respect you enough. We're, we are, we're pretty close. I told you that my assignment is over. I'm out. My assignment is coming to an end. Don't have an offer at this point. I'm just telling her. I'm like, look, hey, this is probably happening. She's like, I'm so excited for you. She's like, I'm sad for us. But, but because I had that relationship and I had already told her that when I came, the seed was already planted. Because for the last two years that I was there, every few months she'd be like, is your assignment done yet? Is your assignment done yet? <laughs> I'm like, no, girl, I promise. I promise I will tell you. <laughs> um, and so they made me an offer. The offer is less than what I'm making now. I signed the offer letter. Because if the Lord said this is your next assignment, I don't need to worry about the money. If he's asking you to do something, he will take care of it. All of it. And I don't, know how, I don't have to know how he's doing it. We have to be people of faith. We have to trust. We have to trust. That's our problem. We don't trust him because we're looking at what people have done and not what he's doing. So we're building things. We're pursuing careers. We're pursuing our passions, whatever those might be. But is that what God is asking you to do? Psalm 127, 1 through 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. If you are building something that God is not involved in, you are wasting your precious time. You are wasting your time on foolishness. 
It is foolishness to do something God is not asking you to do. Because not only is it wasting your time, you're in somebody else's way that's supposed to be doing that thing. So how do you move forward? The first thing you have to do is repent. We all need to do it. Repentance is something you need to do every day. Because it's always something. We just, we're human. <laughs> every day, Lord. And, and if you don't know what you did, ask the Lord. He'll tell you. I promise. He will. Because you'll see it in other people like, oh, I did it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, so you've got to, you've got to repent for you telling him, no, not yet, maybe later, or, heck, no, I ain't doing that, because some of us do that too. Absolutely not. Then we need to ask him what he is asking of us. Every day is not, what do you want to do with my whole life, Lord? What do you want me to do today? Because it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So if you don't master your every day, you will never master your whole life. Every day, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to serve today? Who do I need to talk to today? Who do I need to not talk to today? Am I where you want me to be? If I'm not, help me get out and get me to where you want me to be. I do not want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time, God. This is God's time. You're wasting God's time. By you not being where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, people are waiting for you. You have a solution. You have an answer. You have that word. You have that thing that somebody else desperately needs. that example about the alarms and the clock. I even was talking to Emma about it. She even noticed something about some clocks that took us down another route. Like, notice the things that the Lord is highlighting to you. That's how he speaks. I think some people think he's going to speak in an audible voice, and he can. Sometimes he speaks from somebody on a stage giving a message. Sometimes he speaks from you talking to your neighbor or a song on the radio or a clock on the wall that you didn't hear for seven days and all of a sudden you hear it so loud. It is time to get in your position. It is time to obey. It is time to say yes. And then don't focus on the big thing. Focus on that daily activity. What is it? What can I do today? you do those little things and you see how God moves, the more apt you'll be to take those bigger steps. If you can't go to the homeless shelter, for example, and to donate, you know, to give a meal, give your time, love on the people there, he's not going to send you to Australia to live in the bush. He's just not going to do it. You can't even go down the street.
going to be hard. This is what I can promise you. It's going to be hard either way you go. You will have people who you thought were friends will turn on you. You will have doubt that tries to keep in, creep into you. raises its ugly head. You'll have opposition. You're going to have your plans fall apart. I can promise you that. But if you keep pushing through it, you will see why. You will see why he's asking you. You will see it. We saw it this week. All the warfare was from those four children to come to Christ. And not only that, there were countless others that maybe the Lord shifted their thinking. Because they all know the Bible down there. That, I mean, that's straight Bible Belt. They all have a respect for God. But sometimes being cloaked in religion, you miss the relationship. We were able to show them relationship with God. So who knows what fruit is going to come out of that? There very well be coulds. One of those children is going to travel the world and share the gospel. And it came from those acts of obedience to get there. So who are you impacting that's going to shift their life to where God wants them to go? There is victory on the other side.
love us enough to correct us. You love us enough to point us back in the right direction. Lord, I thank you that your mercies are new every day. And even though we all have missed it, every one of us has missed it, that we have an opportunity to get back on track. Lord, and we commit to you that we will say yes. We will obey. We will do it because we love you. When people love you, they follow your direction. And we are a house that loves you. So, Father, I ask right now in this moment that you reveal to each person in this room something that they can do for you. So, Lord, we seal this room with the blood. We ask for it to be with us throughout the week. Throughout the weeks. that you reveal to us what the time is for us now. And it'll all be different. But Lord, reveal it to us so that we can be on your timetable doing what you're asking us to do. We ask these things of you in Jesus' name. Thank you for watching today's video. If you made a commitment of any kind or you made a first time decision to accept Christ, we want to hear from you. Email us at info at onechurchnc.net. If today's message encouraged you, we want to encourage you to give so that we can continue to share the hope of Jesus. You can do that by visiting onechurchnc.net slash give.